Synthaholics. Synthaholics, thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we have the next current episode of Lower Decks, but we also have our uh, some guests on today. We have Adam Sane and Serfiel from the Conspiranormal podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, what's hey. up, guys? Good Thanks to be for here. Us. Thanks so, for coming on. Um, yeah, uh, we have uh, so. Uh, Adam and Serfiel uh, have this Conspiranormal podcast, which deals with everything from UFOs to the paranormal to conspiracies to, you know, unusual stories in history. But they have currently set up a uh, conference called Strange Reality Conference, which is uh, this September, September 25th and 27th. And they are going to have they uh, they're going to do it. Uh, Online instead of in person this year because of COVID. And uh, Adam or Serfiel, if you want to just uh, give them kind of a lowdown of everything that you you're up uh, that you got set up for this this year for 2020. Yeah, I'll I'll start real quick, Adam. I just want to say that uh, it's going to be a real stimulating experience. We've got a lot of uh, guests talking about a lot of different stuff, but all with real unique perspectives on those different uh, subjects. And it really reflects kind of what we bring with the podcast um, with, with that same thing, a real diversity of subjects and also really unique takes on all those different subjects. Yeah. Um, And uh, you guys, like I've uh, said before, you guys have had this podcast, uh, Conspira Normal, which you guys handle all these subjects and you have a lot of them are your guests that you've had in the past, but they all have such brilliant ideas and, 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 and uh, deep knowledge on certain subjects. You're just like, wow, where are these people learning all this stuff? And uh, just the information that you could get just from this conference, which is 20 bucks, which is not a lot uh, for three days. You can get, uh, watch these guys speak and give their lectures. So awesome stuff. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a great weekend, September 25th through the 27th. And we've got a really, like you said before, we've got a really great lineup of speakers. So I can kind of do a little rundown, if you like, about who Absolutely. we have coming. Um, sure. So uh, if you go to the strangerealitiesconference.com, you can see this. And uh, you can see who's speaking at this at this major event. We've got 21 speakers for like $20, so that's going to be like a like less than a dollar a speaker, really. And so we've got uh, Brent Rains, who's like kind of an old-time ufolo- u- ufology guy. He's mm-hmm. been uh, studying uh, UFOs since he was like 15, so he's been doing this for like 50 years or something now, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible. And he's going to be talking about some of like this the links between psychic phenomenon and uh, UFOs is going to be kind of, kind of like his um, presentation. Aaron Gullius, who is the uh, host of the Saucer Life podcast, he is going to be uh, not talking about UFOs, but he's going to talk <laughs> about conspiracy theories. <laughs> and he's going to talk about uh, conspiracy theories that have a happy ending, at least for the people that believe in them. Interesting. And uh, John Tinney, who is also going to be there, formerly of a, a great show called Ghost Stalkers, if you've ever seen that. And John is pretty well-rounded in all this different kind of weird conspiracy theory and paranormal stuff. And uh, he's going to be talking about uh, kind of like conspiracy, like modern, how like the weird, how weird the conspiracy world has gotten lately. Okay. <laughs> quite quite uh, weird. David Metcalf. Going to be talking about gas station grimoires. In other words, like uh, magical, kind of weird, weird semi-magical texts that you can find in gas stations and grocery stores. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Greenfield, who is the author of Secret Cipher of the Euphodots, he is going to be doing like a question and answer session. So if uh, anybody's going to be watching that on Saturday night, it's real interactive. Just uh, think of a question that you would like Alan Greenfield to answer. Oh, I've got questions. Okay, excellent. Great, great. <laughs> Stephanie Quick, who uh, comes all the way from California, she is going to be uh, talking about synchronicities and how to manifest them in your daily life. Cool. And the great uh, Red Pill Junkie, all the way from Mexico City, he is going to talk about UMO, a UFO case that occurred in Spain in the 1950s and 60s nice. that uh, a lot of people in the United States do not know about. And uh, the great Tim Banal, host of Banal of America, he's going to be talking about a Flat Earth conference that he went to last year. Kind of what, uh, Sergio, you kind of typified as like a gonzo reporting. Yeah, yeah, or uh, or anthropologist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hope like it's a that. well-rounded talk. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, see what you did there. Guy Malone, a uh, good friend of mine. He's uh, he's going to be coming at us from Roswell, New Mexico. He's going to be talking about UFO, uh, about aliens as demons. And uh, he was at the conference last year, as was Tim Banal. And also from last year, coming back is Timothy Renner, who is going to be talking about. Uh, well, we don't really know, but we think it's going to be about Bigfoot. So, more than likely, it'll be about Bigfoot. Kiki Dombrowski, she is a witchcraft practitioner, uh, tarot reader, and she is going to be talking about prophecies. And about prophecies that don't always work out, and some that do. And Greg Bishop, uh, the author of a great book called Project Beta. He is going to be talking about uh, some more kind of metaphysical aspects of the UFO phenomenon. And uh, Ginny Ashford, who is the host, one of the hosts of the 13 o'clock podcast. And Ginny is going to talk about uh, some true, a true crime case that took place in St. Augustine, Florida back, I think in the seventies. So we've got some true crime and that's going to be that Friday night. Steven Sider, also known as Recluse, he is going to discuss uh, something very odd and parapolitical and conspiracy theory related. So you guys get ready for that. That's a mystery as of this point. Jack Montgomery and Tony Kale, they are they study folk magic. Uh, Jack Montgomery actually is a folk magic practitioner of the powwow tradition. They are going to be doing a on Saturday the 26th, about uh, folk magic and the paranormal. And Joshua Cutchin, who's going to be talking about some of the who was there with us last year in 2019, he is going to discuss uh, Bigfoot and some of the paranormal aspects aspects of Bigfoot. Reverend Michael Carter, who is uh, going to be speaking about uh, UFOs and the Bible. And uh, Dr. Future, our good friend Michael Bennett, who is going to talk about some of his research that he has found out and done for his upcoming and well, what he has one of the books out, but his trilogy called Two Masters and Two Gospel Series. Yeah, fascinating stuff there. And Ren Collier, uh, who is an occultist and good friend of ours, good friend of the show as well. Ren is going to be speaking about the hollow earth and some of the chthonic deities that inhabit the, the hollow earth. He's also going to be helping out. Uh, he'll also be there kind of help out and moderate the um, question and answer session with, uh, with Alan Greenfield Nice. and Soraya Askath host of where did the road go? He is going to be discussing time and kind of like the mechanism of the paranormal. So we're really looking forward to that as well. Yeah. So that's the rundown of speakers, guys. Uh, we hope 21. that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot crammed in, but uh, there's a lot of information that's probably going to make your head explode. So if you want to have that happen, come join us at the Strange Realities <laughs> Conference, September 25th, 26th, and 27th of this year. 
I, I I was saying before that you know I've listened to you guys and your podcast that you know there's every episode gives me a little bit of knowledge of something I did not know before or like I said uh, it, it my head will explode because of some shocking or uh, unbelievable crazy thing that I've just learned that I somehow have survived all my life and not known about. And uh, it's always fascinating. You guys, your guests have so, so so many cool guests you guys have on. And you guys know how to ask the right questions or drill down to the things that are maybe the most fascinating about uh, what you talk about. You know, um, it's great stuff. Um, I just revisited, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Um, uh, one of your episodes recently uh, where you talked about uh, American Cosmic. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was uh, by uh, um, Diana Basuka. Basuka, thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, that podcast alone is completely like brain shattering. Yeah, because you know what she talks about is she wrote that she's she's a professor and she works at a university and she she's studied uh, mostly religion her whole life. And then she starts seeing links into UFOs and aliens uh, that are peppered through things, but also have like relations. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to like uh, articulate, but you know how there's relations between religion and and UFOs, and then how a lot of these modern people uh, in you know uh, technology today are looking. And in the medical industry, are looking to use UFO uh, and their technologies and all sorts of things surrounding it as something to build off of. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's it just you guys. What you the questions you asked her were like so important and so amazing. You know, I, I it's like I, I don't even know where to begin. Like it, I, that's just one example. Okay, yes. Yeah. You guys have a lot of different episodes that talk. Thanks, about Thanks, thanks for that in particular because that was one of our, uh, that's one of our best shows hands down. Um, oh. And uh, we, she had already been on a lot of shows, and uh, we we just had like really specific, detailed questions, and uh, we really wanted to get to the heart of some things that she we felt she was just like hinting at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. We really did make make that a make a concerted effort to make that what I think is one of her best interviews about that book. Oh my god, that it was um I'm looking here, it's uh your episode, it's two fifty four. Um just worth listening to and, and, and what she has to say. And she came in she came in the whole alien UFO thinking you know, like I'm, I'm not going to write a book about this, and then she ends up having to write a book because the everything falls in her lap uh, because right. of it. So, um, you know, and that's how a lot of, I mean, not every one of your guests, but there's a lot of things there, like that people are looking at other things, and all of a sudden they're just look at all this other stuff I just found that I didn't even think was here. So, and uh, that's that's the thing is a lot of people. Uh, hear about either UFOs or a cult or paranormal, and they kind of dismiss it. And what I just don't think people realize that whether you believe in it or not, um, this is part of our American heritage. I mean, maybe worldwide heritage is that, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, it's it's everywhere. And you just don't you don't like you don't think about it. Yeah. But like uh, like uh, Dave Metcalf talking about the gas station grimoires, like yeah. There's there's magic peppered or magical practices peppered throughout uh, all sorts of things within our daily lives that we don't even think about. Yeah, and you don't even it, none of this like requires belief. Right. It's more about it's more about uncertainty and just like with uh, sci-fi, how um, you know often it, these stories aren't really about space or aliens. It's about us. And that's what we would really try to explore that like social dimension to all these ideas and what what uh, what effects happen because people do believe in these things, even if we're skeptical of them personally or, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like whether you believe everything that everyone says or or, or 
uh, it's it's still a great exercise to go through and think about what they're saying, you know, and trying to dissect all the the, the arguments and the thoughts that they they present, you know, either to you or during the strange reality conference. Um, ah, man, just there's just so much good stuff here, and I I'm excited for uh, uh, you know for the 25th and through 27th to uh to listen to what these people have to say but also um just you know just you know, what uh, what you could possibly like what how the world grows every time I, I hear you guys and hear what they have to say and you know your guests you know like my world just expands so that's what's great about it yeah awesome well, we're, dude. i'm we're, glad we're, we can do that yeah, yeah we're definitely glad. do we're glad that uh, we're glad we can be a service in that way. I mean, that's kind of like my, always my goal in making a podcast because I used to listen to, I used to listen to shows a lot even before stuff was really even called a podcast, just like internet radio shows. And I really would like I'd go to sleep listening to stuff like that. And it was always just kind of like that same way that like I got reached by those shows is a way that I wanted to like be able to reach somebody else, you know. Mm-hmm. So that really makes me happy that. Uh, that uh, that 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 does do that for you absolutely absolutely and uh and like you guys have been around for a while and uh that you guys have stuck to it and kept on producing your shows is real testament to you know your interests and you know just what you what you know i guess i I'm sure not every day is a joy but what you what you really want to uh put out in this world yeah. I mean, it's definitely um, it's definitely grown over the years. It's changed over the years. I mean, yeah, you guys several, have changed a lot. Yeah. There's several lineup changes. Um, you yeah. know, I've been the like only everyone's con- favorite bands. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like Black Flag. I'm the only you know, yeah. Greg Jin was the only constant. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, that, that's that's me. I'm kind of the only constant. But uh, it was Luke, yeah, like I mean, Luke was Desden. I don't want to get too. Punk rock, but yeah, I think Luke was dead. <laughs> but I mean, definitely, uh, you know, having this guy on the show, Surfiel, you know, I mean, he really knows his shit. I mean, he knows what he's talking about, and um, he's uh, he he's really asked really good questions. Really thinks about the stuff that that he taught that you know. Whereas before, you know, I'd have like my old co-host Luke. You know, he would he would sleep through the entire. I know. <laughs> I remember that. Adam, I remember listening to it like, did, did he, I thought it was a joke first, and I was like, did he really fall asleep? Oh, no. No, it wasn't a joke. There, there's plenty of pictures of him sleeping through an episode yeah, so with, 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 with his headphones on, you know, and uh, I'd ask him questions, and he would always defer to Rob and, you yeah. know, like our, our, old, our old producer slash other co-host, and yep. Yep. so, yeah. Uh, is, you know, it's funny because um, you don't always say a lot but when you do it's a it's like you ask like the question or or like a really like wow i wouldn't think to throw that together or something like that or or something i didn't even know about that's the and like you're saying adam before is like surfiel really knows his shit you know the stuff he says like you're like well what i'm like I, i'm yeah. googling shit i'm googling shit i'm like what what's that well, well we- i mean more than anything, this is really a you know great opportunity for me to uh, pick people's minds and and just uh, really try to ask stimulating questions that would uh, that would stimulate me, you know. So that's that's just what I try to bring to it, and you know we both try to really get in there uh, deep in the weeds, as we say, to um, you know bring bring something different. Even if you've heard someone on another podcast, we always try to make it a little different. Um, and I guess it's just a little more, you know, it's a little more, uh, refined and just a little more cult. Um, we don't mind just getting kind of obscure. And, uh, even though that's not going for like the masses, you know, we get people like you who like really appreciate it. People have been into this stuff for a long time and are like getting deeper in the weeds. So, you know, just try to provide that. Sergio and I are both kind of from a, we're kind of from an old tradition with, um, all this stuff, especially the conspiracy literature, you know, we kind of come from that whole tradition, like kind of old school nineties kind of tradition about it, you know, as opposed to what it, what it's become now. Mm -hmm. And 
once I kind of knew like Sergio was into something like as obscure as like King Kill Thirty Three and James Shelby Downard, uh, I was like, yeah, I think this guy probably need to probably see if he was interested in being a part of this. But Sergio was a he was a listener for a long time. Yeah, yeah. The the real question I have though, how much fucking reading do you guys actually do? Because I mean, you guys, the stuff that you guys know, I mean, you must be like reading constantly. It depends. It depends on what it depends on what uh, it depends on what guests you have on. It depends sure. on whether they have a book out or not. Um, yeah. Lately, we haven't been doing too much because um, well, you're doing all your prep work. We so. doing all the prep work for the for the for the conference. I'm sure that will change as soon as like that's over and we're getting we're getting other people on. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's been a ton of reading. I mean, trying to trying to get cram in a book into a week. You that's know, hard. I bought. Really usually, hard. yeah, yeah, it can, it can be pretty hard, and and it can be also just like you know, I'd love to just read something for fun occasionally. Yes, right. But lately, I've kind of been able to do that just because you know we've uh, there's been no books to read, but sure. Um, eventually, yeah, we're gonna start we'll start getting back into that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we also yeah, we, to, we'll, we'll also do round we'll also do roundtable discussions too, which yeah. you know doesn't really require any kind of reading, just a familiarity. Mm-hmm. with your guests and a lot of since we do have uh repeat guests you know we know what they're you know what they're talking about and all that so right. but adam right. is being humble because he's very well read i well, i know I, I i both of you are i mean I, I i've picked up on that pretty pretty quickly you know the stuff that's, that's kind of the uh yeah we're just like you know like adam's saying i mean we're old school and uh that was really about um books you know the medium is a message and you know, it's there's a there's a big generation gap in a lot of this stuff right now, and um, you know a lot of people in a cons- conspiracy normal or type people like reading books and stuff uh, versus just uh, you know like um, YouTube University, right? Um, right. You know, like uh, people just getting into this stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that. You know, I mean, everyone. You know, we had pretty. Uh, you know mainstream gateways and all this stuff too and, sure. and funny old exploitative books and movies and you know everything else um in the 80s and 90s um but but yeah that's uh that's definitely something you know where that's what it really means to be old school in this stuff as uh reading books yeah i i i yeah it's it's one of those things that you know the more you the more you start scratching at the surface you see oh wait there's you know this book you know, could link to, you know, eight other different books that you could be reading on the subject, you know, and, and those eight other books will go to another eight other books, you know, and there's like yeah, no, no end in sight, you know. Uh, it, uh, I got real voracious uh, habits from um, being in college. I'd, I'd study international relations and just doing some of the studies and papers I did. Um I I like just like kind of weeding through material to find um, the nuggets of information that I need. Also, I usually mm-hmm. keep a few you know books rotating as well. But like I'm just good at like getting like you said, one thing leads to five others. You know, like getting to those and just like grabbing all the nuggets I need and and you know whatever. Uh, I just like we're both generalists. We're both big picture guys, and that's why yeah. we're like trying to just put it all in like a a framework. Yeah, and and I mean it's obviously from the the breadth of you know the width and breadth of your your guests that you commonly have on it. it you guys do see everything. Like you're trying to see, or not everything, but as much as you can, uh, trying to get in all sorts of subjects. So. Uh, great cool. stuff. So um, appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I I, I, I can't recommend you guys enough. Uh, your podcast and um, you know just everything you guys do. So and and this conference will be awesome. So hope you guys uh, definitely go get some tickets uh, for uh, the strangerealityconference dot com. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. It's not a lot. Not a lot at all. And uh, the the mind bomb you're about to let loose in your head is going to be incredible. And everybody should check out uh, your episode, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm on there. Yeah, I'm on there. I, that was episode three hundred five. I zipped in there one day. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was uh, 
a lot of fun, a lot of fun talking to you guys. And, and Serviel just completely blew me away because he knew all about Snake Land. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a bit that was some synchronicity there man that was weird that was really weird so yeah i i I, and you guys are out in tennessee in nashville Mm -hmm. and uh you know my my graphic novel takes place uh in the uh you know buffalo area so i thought that was bizarre that you would know so much about it but obviously your musical proclivities had uh brought you into that world (laughs) so um Guys, we are uh, going to talk about uh, something a little stranger. Uh, this is Lower Decks. This is the new animated uh, series for Star Trek. Um, it's uh, it, it, guys and, and uh, Adam and Serfiel, They uh, it's it's done in the as in the style of um, uh, Rick and Morty. If you okay, cool. Like that. It's silly. Um, it's not like the old seventies. Uh, you know, uh, the Star Trek animated series. If you ever saw that, they tried to be so serious. They tried to be serious, but it was so stupid. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I remember seeing. I remember seeing some of those uh, back in the day. They're hard to watch. They're hard to watch. I mean, back in the day, you were probably like, "Yeah, it's on, so I'll watch it," because nothing else is on. So, what Spock drawing a pentagram summoning the devil is like is uh, boring. What? That is an episode. That so is they must have just started this, right? This, this apparently, I guess, just started last month. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, the sixth, on, sixth episode. It's and, on CBS All Access? Yes, yes sir. It, it's it's funny, Aaron. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about oh, who we were expecting to see, I was like, oh, man, I hope it's Q, John Delancey. And uh, I seen online the last couple of days that Q is indeed going to show up. I saw that too, but I wondered if that was just somebody like drawing a picture of Q in the style of Lower Decks. I think it's been confirmed that he's going to be in it because uh, well, they, they did cool. Star Trek Day, so I was like, "Ah, oh, sweet! I called it!" Woo! Uh, well, this is uh, terminal provocation, <laughs> provocations, <laughs> and uh, this is season one, episode six, and aired September tenth, uh, twenty twenty, and. Uh, we have uh, the beginning uh, where they're all trying to uh, make the sounds of their ship, the USS Cerritos, and um, uh, the commander, Jack Ransom, thinks that they're all something's weird going on, so he pulls his phaser and he tackles a Boimler to the ground. So that's beginning joke on that one. Um, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, there's not comparing it to like the Enterprise D sound or the Enterprise, like the different engine sounds and. Doing yeah. some techno babble, I'm like, oh no, this is why it would sound this way or, or whatever. I was like, I, I don't remember how they sound. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So it's, it's just so background stupid. noise. I'd, I'd never paid that much attention to it. Um, uh, then we get into where uh, the Cerritos is in this uh, like uh, wreckage field. Uh, it's just all this wreckage of space, and we uh, see it's all Starfleet stuff. So it was a Starfleet. Uh, ship and it was uh, it, it, one of those old uh, original series Antares class. We saw that in um, oh gosh, what was that? Uh, Charlie X, I believe. Oh yeah, when yeah. we first saw. It. Uh, so that's the original series. But uh, we see that, and they're they want to reclaim the wreckage. But then there's these uh, weird aliens, the uh, Drukmani, and they're like, it's been here for hundreds of years. We're claiming this wreckage is our own, and they're having this argument. Uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, Boimler and Mariner uh, are um, changing out some cores for the uh, shields. Uh, this, that's what it is. Uh, and they uh, they want to go to this party, which is, um, what's it called? A uh, choo-choo <laughs> a train dance A choo-choo party. dance or something like that. It's concert yeah. thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> And they, uh, the, their their friend Fletcher, who seems to be this nice guy in the beginning, uh, who isn't that nice in the end, um, uh, says, "Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Change. Yeah, go ahead. Go to the go to the dance. Uh, I'll take care of this work." And they're like, "Oh, thanks." And they take off. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Tendy and Rutherford uh, are going to Rutherford is going to teach Tendy how to do a spacewalk through his uh, hologram uh, program. Badgie. Uh, and this weird, I don't even know what you want to call it's him. It's an anthropomorphized uh, uh, Starfleet badge, 
is the that mascot uh, that 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 helps you through the programs uh, for anything you want to know as a Starfleet cadet. Yeah, and and they uh, they start doing the program, but then it's uh, it's glitchy because apparently he had finished working on the program, and uh, Talk he about kicks a loading it at some bar, point. Man. Yeah, there's a loading bar on Badgie, and there's a uh, and he's uh, sitting there, and uh, and he's you know slowly loading, and he kicks him, and then Badgie takes it personally at that point. <laughs> uh, so uh, when uh, then we jump over back to uh, uh, Boimler and Mariner, and they come back and they find that uh, their their buddy Fletcher, who let them take off. Well, do while he did the work, he said that he was stunned. Somebody came by, shot him, and stunned, and st- stole one of the isolinear cores that he was working on, and then they have to track it down. and And they first go to their uh, the he their blames hated, it on Delta Shift. Yeah, the Delta Shift works the nights. They're the night shift, so and they blame it on them, and uh, they get into uh, kind of an argument with Delta Shift, and then they realize that it couldn't have been Delta Shift because Delta Shift was at the choo choo dance. So there's no way they could have uh, done that. So the ship was run um, in the style of Jellico. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then, uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, the captain of Cerritos Freeman and these uh, aliens um, are still arguing over the debris. And what they end up doing is putting uh, tug of war with their uh, tractor beams, and then. Uh, the aliens just start slamming the debris onto the onto the Cerritos, the ship itself. Because the alien and, ship has uh, no actual weapons. Yes, but <laughs> the cap but the captain refused to fire on them. I love no the Bajoran. What. He's he's like totally warf. Let's fire. Yeah. Let's kill them. I really want to shoot their warp core, please. Exactly. And uh, yeah, from there, uh, they. Uh, <laughs> They they go down to their uh, crew quarters with Boimler, Mariner, and Fletcher, and they find out that Boimler has had the the um, isolinear no, core. Fletcher, in, Fletcher on, on had bed. it on his bed. I'm not Boimler. I mean, sorry, yeah, Fletcher had it on his bed the whole time, and uh, he tried to link up with it with his brain. Really yeah, weird. He, he tried to he tried to um, Barkley it. Yeah, and apparently this thing becomes sentient and starts uh, becoming a giant octopus attacking everybody in the room. So, so what's with the giant octopus AI things? Like, is, is Star Trek trying to tell us that the artificial? Are, 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 do they want Star Trek to become Dune? Is that what they're trying to do here? So we've got Discovery. Uh, I, I was thinking sort of like the Sentinels from uh, the Matrix. Well, no, we got like the in, in Discovery we've got the the tentacles control monster, and then in Picard yeah. we've also have the p- potential. A tentacle control monster that's going to wipe out all sentient life, and now we have a tentacle core thing. So it seems yeah. like they're trying to connect everything with a weird tentacle yeah. AI monster. So, except this one that thinks it's stupid and try. Maybe it goes back in time and wants to be a control. Yeah, that, that's 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 actually control in the end. Uh, it's 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 time. this is control's origin. It's it's Fletcher's uh, psychology uh, <laughs> synced up with it. Um. And then uh, we go into uh, this whole fight. They're trying to defeat it uh, by doing all sorts of weird things, but they end up blowing it out in airlock, where it goes onto the alien uh, Drukmani ship and starts tearing that apart. Uh, meanwhile, uh, back on the holodeck, um, Badgie is attacking Tendi and uh, Rutherford when uh, the safety c- uh, controls on the holodeck go off, and he is absolutely trying to murder them. He's bloodthirsty. He's chasing them. He is bloodthirsty. He is he is chasing them all over the place, and they change different sceneries. They're like they go to Bajoran, uh, uh, just neighborhood or whatever, and like he starts ripping yeah, their arms off and biting their eyes out. And <laughs> as they run up the mountain, they realize Badgie's getting tired. So something's glitchy with the program that Badgie is getting tired running up a mountain. So he decides to change it to us like a frozen wasteland. So as they run from it in the frozen wasteland, they're all getting cold. And finally, Rutherford has to run and attack Badgie. And there's a brutal fight between Badgie and Rutherford. And he, in the end, snaps snaps Badgie's neck. neck. I didn't realize Badgie had a neck. No, but uh, and then from there, uh, what happens is because of their shields are all messed up because of the missing isolinear core and also have other problems. They can't fire their uh, phasers on this uh, ship, on the alien ship, and they end up 
they they don't know what they're going to do, but then they find out that this um, sentient isolinear core had attacked the ship and it was tearing up the alien ship uh, that Fletcher and uh, Boimler and Mariner blew out the airlock. And from there, they um, uh, they they they're victorious in their mission, and uh, Fletcher gets promoted to lieutenant and gets sent off to the USS Titan. And this is where I thought we're gonna have our, our crossover cameo, have like Riker fire him or whatever. It does All not right. happen. But he does. Fletcher does get fired because he's so incompetent, and he goes back to Earth, and uh, and that's uh, where we kind of the, the final joke because Fletcher is a screw up. So, uh, and that's the episode. Um, Dave, uh, what did you think about, uh, this, uh, this, this episode of, uh, lower decks? They're fitting a lot into, uh, like 20 something minute episodes. Cause it's a, it's a holodeck problem episode plus like a trying to negotiate peace episode. And, uh, I mean, it, I mean, it, it was well done. I mean, it's, I mean, there's jokes in it, but it's getting, it's starting to line up more with regular Star Trek episodes. It's silly, but it's it's less extreme than some of the episodes have been. So it's it's getting yeah. pretty good. But like the the badgy thing was just kind of crazy. It just becomes it homicidal. It's like safety protocols off because we're saving power. I'm like, well, why didn't the hologram just turn off completely just shut down. To, sa- to save yeah, power? Yeah, yeah. If that's your because that's of your reasons. excuse, yeah, reasons holodeck reasons <laughs> never make any sense. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> It's a holodeck episode, so uh, I mean, it, it was pretty cool and like just badgy going uh-huh. insane. And then after they think he's back to normal, he's like, "Yeah, we'll see." It's kind of great. Uh, what about yeah, you? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. It's I mean, Boy- Lower Decks have not disappointed me once. It's been funny. I get chuckles out of it, and all the little Star Trek jokes are great. Um, I really thought they were going to find something in those. Uh, Containers, maybe some uh, a character or somebody in a buffering pad, like Scotty in uh, that uh, Next Generation episode, Relics. Man, that'd suck if Scotty had to go eat Franklin twice. I know, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'd eat Fletcher. Oh yeah, Fletcher, you're next. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great. I love this stuff, and I, you know, these guys, you know, this Michael McMahon who put together. Uh, lower decks. He really he did fantastic. He's doing a fantastic job. I can't say enough good things. And it's um, it's just a joy to watch. You know, it's like I I feel like even though it's a comedy and it's silly, they they hit all the points that you want to see in a Star Trek thing uh, episode, even though it's not like a serious episode. Yeah, and even even with with all that, it still feels more like Star Trek than Star Trek Discovery and Picard. Like it's it's not even close. Uh, yeah. uh, it it feels like Star Trek should feel. There's like a setup, there's a problem, they have to solve it, and they and they do that, and that's that's the episode. It's it's been pretty good. Looking forward to seeing Q. I'm wondering wondering when he'll pop up. If that's true, Dave. If that's true. If that's true. Um, uh, Adam Serfiel, you guys, uh, I know you guys haven't got the chance to watch Lower Decks or any of the uh, newer Trek, as far as I know. But um, what are what are you guys? Uh, I mean, you guys. Are into sci-fi, obviously. Yeah. What's your What's your take on Star Trek? I mean, do you have favorite ep- episodes or series or? Um. Yeah. I mean, I've been really into Star Trek. I I haven't really watched it recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen just about every episode of the Next Generation, the original series. You know, uh, Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. I was into and. Um, the uh, and Enterprise. The only one I haven't really watched consistently was Voyager. Well, I guess Discovery now, now that that's out. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've definitely been a, I've, I've been a Trek I've been a Trek fan for a while. I I enjoy I enjoy it. I mean, yeah. uh, the original the original series. Uh, a lot of the writing was really strong. It was really kind of a great. Um, it was a great kind of successor to like the Twilight Zone and what they were trying to do with social commentary. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was, you know, probably of any TV show really, um, is uh, "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield." Oh yeah, that's a great episode. Mm-hmm. You know, with yeah. the Frank 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 Gorshin with the yeah. uh, the Riddler. Yeah, with the <laughs> right. Yeah, with the 
with the black on one side and the white on the other. And like that said, <laughs> that said so much at the time. I mean, you can yeah. really see what the writers and I guess Roddenberry were really trying to do with that whole, um, with that. And there were several other things that they did on that show that were cutting edge. I mean, the first interracial kiss and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it just having your hurt, having to show Nichols on the show to begin with, you know, was pretty important. Broke a lot and of boundaries for sure, yeah. and it made a lot of social commentary, like you said, like the Twilight Zone as well. Right? Um, uh, was it? What was the one? Uh, the the Twilight Zone, uh, Maple Street. The um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the monsters are in Maple Street. The Maple, yeah, yeah monsters in Maple Street are. Yeah, that's such a. Oh my God, you watch that one, you're just like, oh yeah. my God. It's a, it's a pretty, a pretty scathing indictment of McCarthyism, even though McCarthyism was already gone by then. But have you, have you seen the, have you ever seen that one, Sergio? From I don't the, call it. I've seen, yeah. I've seen all the originals and the films and the um, Next Generation. Uh, but I, I don't recall that offhand. Yeah, uh, that's a tw- Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone yeah, that's a Twilight Zone episode, and that's oh, it's, okay, uh, okay. it's well worth seeing. Um, it's like the this this UFO buzzes by this little like neighborhood, and everybody starts getting paranoid. Mm-hmm. Basically, pointing fingers, and pointing fingers at each other, and yeah. Yeah, that's a it's that's a great one. If, if Until only someone kinda, gets hurt. If only we kind of heated that today, right? Yeah, I know. But, yeah, it's great. It's good stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, but you know, Star Trek itself. I mean, they had such a great, they had such a great cast of just writers, and you know, Richard Matheson and yeah. DC Fontana and several other people that were just a part of that whole uh, that whole crew. And Next Generation was great too. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. that that was a whole other, dare I say it, generation of writers, you know, guys like Ron Moore and which later went on to, to Deep Space Nine and Battlestar Galactica, which Battlestar Galactica is probably really my favorite sci-fi show. <laughs> which you actually reference, I think, at the end of that episode of American Cosmic. Do you I? Talk about, you talk about um, Caprica. Yeah. Is that the, 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 the 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 spinoff yeah God, it was such a great idea and they just ruined it <laughs> dave's not as forgiving <laughs> i think i only watched like two or three episodes of it i think i didn't really i really didn't get into it i watched it was kind of because I, I wanted it to be like this cool silent origin story and that it was like this awful family <laughs> drama in space stop <laughs> it stop it stop it it's what they uh-huh. did uh-huh. the sarah connor chronicles Instead of making a Terminator TV show, it was a teen drama show that happened to have Terminators in it. It's like, stop it! You're doing it wrong. <laughs> but, but that, like, that whole... I mean, that that series, I mean, they just took what they learned in Star Trek, the Deep Space Nine, and they just really turned it into something completely different. Yeah. And they really followed in the that, that whole beginning of the third season of Battlestar is, like some of the best stuff the that's ever been written the for television season was amazing. But the rest of the third season and fourth season, they, they, they kind of dropped the, the through thread and they started getting star Trekky. Like where the episodes didn't connect as much. Yeah. I think the third season was kind of like that. They were trying to do more standalone episodes, I didn't but like, like uh, I was, really, yeah. I, 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 cause season one and two were so great cause of the through thread. And I was a little bit sad. And then they had the whole episode. Yeah. Where they, they went on strike and I'm just like, really? You're the last of humanity and you're going to go on strike because of working conditions. Yeah, it sucks. But do you want everyone to be dead? <laughs> season, <laughs> season three opened up so strong, which is like the, one of the, it was a pretty scathing indictment of the, uh, Iraq war. That's what it was really. That that whole like I, I think it was like three parts to that to that first. I I just watched it like a couple of years ago again, and that show really still holds up. Season three, that's cool. the beginning. That's when, that's when they drop the battle start into the atmosphere, and it just drops. Right. Yeah, that was amazing. Right. Yeah. That was such a great opener. Yeah, yeah it, that was an, that was an incredible show. But yeah, I mean Star Trek. Uh, it's always I've always enjoyed it. 
I haven't watched, like I said, I haven't really watched it recently, but, uh, you know, I like, I like the movies too. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, certain of the movies are good. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really care too much for like probably some of the later, like anything after first contact, I wasn't too crazy about. Yeah. They they became more like some of them were like episodes just made into movies. You know, when you think of them, like mediocre episodes made in movies, like insurrection and stuff like that seemed like, yeah, seemed like an episode. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, well, I mean, okay. You you guys haven't, uh, got a chance to catch discovery or the, the new Picard. So it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, putting that aside, you know, like Dave talked about, uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, um, and all sorts of like TV shows. Like we used to have such great writers that would like tie all this stuff together. And you'd be like, you, you think about the episode even like the day, a day later, you'd be like, man, that was a cool episode or that was a good point or something like that. Like just something like clicked in your head. Like why is writing in such a slump? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like why, why are people like, um, bereft of ideas? I, yeah. It's a good I do. question. I, I want to I say real quick, I think a lot of things are, um, honestly, music too. A lot of things I think are too democratized. Mm. And I think that um, they do too much market research and there's not enough like uh, executives of media companies who, who want to like push art forward. And uh, make big decisions that may not be popular at the time. Mm. And I think things are too, uh, you know, the boardroom and the the corporate influence of actual, like, uh, you know, the corporate boardroom's influence um, in all aspects of media has really just made everything about this quarterly thing that tries to uh, serve popular tastes and kind of creates this, like, cybernetic feedback loop instead of, um, I think... You know, a lot of the old record men in the music industry or um, old movie characters and executives, I think a lot of those people, you know, took chances and uh, helped facilitate a lot of the great stuff that's going to last forever. But I think now, you know, they're just too, like, concerned about, um, you know, keeping things at, like, a 13-year-old level and, uh, you know, all their – getting all their market research and – you know, I mean, they yeah. even like we know. I don't know if they do it in TV too, but uh, I know in music, like they actually do. Like uh, they hook people up to electrodes and look, watch their brain waves for songs and decide really? to like lead and stuff like thing? that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so like I think things are too um, democratized or like too worried about public taste and like none of none of you know people really just like taking chances and like making decisions to push. Uh, things forward like what you used to have you know mm-hmm. i i think it's um i think part of it too is just like it's just the ratings game and it's the networks yeah, yeah. it's the nets it's the networks canceling these shows because a lot of the there's a lot of shows that have gotten canceled and like the writers have all these like really grand ideas we're gonna yeah they, they won't develop the shows just like they won't develop a, a musical artist you know? right, right right and they're just like they're just like well they want to do this like five five season story arc and then like but then all of a sudden the show gets canceled because it's not good enough in ratings you know and i think that 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 probably hurts writing too so some of them probably feel like now they probably feel like well we can't really do that because it might get canceled so let's just like you know tie it up let's just can it up in one one season or or whatever you know, but we're all moving past that whole paradigm right now with the um, online studios and streaming right. service studios. And so I th- yeah. there's been a lot of great content. I think things are getting, uh, you know, people are allowed to take chances because the costs aren't so much and the, they don't have yeah. to worry so much about advertising. Uh, so I think we're having a, I think it's a good, good, good things happening now and, and coming. That's how something like Stranger Things happened, you yeah. know, because they were able to. They, you know, Netflix was there. They took a chance on them, and it became just like a huge, huge success. It certainly did, and it's uh, captured a lot of people's imaginations. And you know, like a show like that inspires a bunch of other shows similar to it. So, right, um, right. I, I, I just always worry that, like, 
it seems like you know it seems like we have the internet and social media has you know given us a lot of information at our fingertips but at the same time it's kind of just made us all lazier like yeah you, you had to go before like i was you guys are saying how many books you read and stuff like that it's like you had to go looking you had to go to the library you had to go to yeah. you know certain sources to find things that were not easy and you really had to dig for it and now it's just like you know like oh, i just looked it up on wikipedia and you got like a thumbnail of of the information you don't really have deep information on it you just have like maybe the the basic uh, idea behind it or something like that and uh I think that because of that, for all these reasons, we've just nobody knows how to articulate or or how to tell a story um, that is um, hits deep chords within us. It's all surface. I mean, I I think a lot of what what what's been saying is like it's it's story by committee, and you can't you can't resonate you can't resonate with some with someone when a writer is answering to thirty different people on a boardroom. And you have to yeah. hit, you have to hit all of their requests and tell the story at the same time. It, it, it's too many cooks in the kitchen or, or, or whatever. Yep. And if you look at even back in the nineties, like granted, TV was generally better, but we still had the same issue. Like, looking at Star Trek specifically, I've said this before. Guy has said this before um, that you know when Deep Space Nine was running before Voyager started, they had all the suits looking at them, and then. The first couple seasons were really rough on Deep Space Nine, and then as soon as Voyager started, the suits looked away from from Deep Space Nine and was looking at Voyager, and Voyager was a mess all seven seasons because they had the suits looking at them the entire time, and then Deep Space Nine took off, and it got great because the creative people got to make creative decisions yeah. and tell a story that they wanted to tell, and they didn't have the suits breathing down their neck. And I think just yep. today, uh, with all the... Me Too stuff and all the controversy and all the just the shady stuff happening. I think there's even more designed by committee just to yep. make it as squeaky clean, clean as possible. And that's making us live in kind of like a creative dark ages right now because people we're not seeing real creative visions. We're seeing, you know, like you were saying earlier, um, you know, just this uh, this churning of just suits to making a story looking at ratings looking at brainwaves just to make a buck and it's not about the art it's about making a buck and i mean it's i mean art has always been about making the buck but now it's only about making the buck and not about it's too micromanage yeah yeah nothing and, good and comes from micromanagement that, and we uh. see they're mining all these old, I mean, like, uh, if it's talking about good omens or American gods or, um, uh, you know, I mean, all these uh, uh, old, uh, like, books that are a little bit older uh, that they're mining for series, you know, or, you know, Game of Thrones is a great example, you know, it's like, they use that and they, um, uh, and it's successful because somebody had a great vision, a great idea. It became successful, and then they decide to make a you know a series out of it, you know, and then all of a sudden everyone loves it because that was well thought out. Somebody, some writer, was sitting in at their desk for years, pounding away, thinking of an idea and creating a world or something like that. So, I personally think that that last season of Game of Thrones <laughs> could have just. I think that if if some of the ideas in it had just been fleshed out a little bit more. And they had just had the regular episode length that they had always had. Then I, or the, or the number of episodes that they always had, which was ten. Uh-huh. I think it would have been an excellent, excellent end to the series. But trying to, to try to put it in, even though they had long, yeah, they had longer episodes. But even though they they just tried to cram everything into six episodes, and it just didn't it didn't work as well uh-huh. as it had in the past. Definitely, and I think. Definitely. I think there was probably I think there was probably some pressure to just can it up. Probably, I, I think sure. from what I understand, like the 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 Lord and Taylor, whatever their name was, uh, who were working on it, were just tired and wanted it to be over. Uh, yeah, which is why they did it. It was it was a boredom with with the topic, um, more so than anything. Because from what I understand, HBO wanted as many episodes as they would make. 
Make more. Make them all. Make us more money. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> then why not? Then why not just get new writers? You know why? You know if they didn't want to do it anymore, probably contracts. You know, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. no idea how that works. I, I, weren't they supposed to go to write to, to write Star Wars movies? And then Wasn't that, that what they were supposed to do? And then that fell through. Yeah, they were probably excited to go do Star Wars. Well, actually, no. I think their first thing was like they were doing a, a Civil War show on HBO. That fell through. Yeah. Or the South one, and it was like going to be a super racist show. I'm like, oh man, this sounds like awful. And then they <laughs> That's got not going to work well for people. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they got the Star Wars deal, which apparently they backed out of or were fired from. Which I mean. Is probably good considering they half-assed season eight from all accounts. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think they. I think now they've got to deal with Warner Brothers for something or other. So uh, they they yeah, bounced around a lot. Un- it's unfortunate because I mean, I, and I don't necessarily think that the last season of Game of Thrones was truly that bad. I mean, there was some terrible. great. This wasn't there were some great effective things in it. But it's just like, you know, if they had just had taken the time to explain motivations of certain characters, I think it would have been better. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was rushed. I mean, if, if, it, if nothing else, it was rushed. Yeah. Um, what do you guys, uh, what do you uh, guys in Conspiracy Normal watch uh, these days just to, uh, just for shits and giggles. Any 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 series, anything that uh, even if it's older, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What, Golden, 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 Golden Girls. Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just joking. Uh, I don't know. I'll let Sergio take that really because he's actually watching a series right now. So I'm not I'm actually watching, watching uh, anything really. It's kind of sad, but man, it hardly ever sleeps. Uh, I'm watching uh, Strange Angel right now. Finally, Strange Angel. What's that? What's that on? It's a. Uh, I believe it's like a CBS thing, okay. uh, but it's about uh, Jack Parsons, uh, who was the uh, one of the founders yeah. of Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Uh, a um, magic pressure. Yeah, Thelemite uh, corresponded with. Uh, Crowley and was uh, one-time friends, but ultimately betrayed by uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that, really that, good. I would check it out. And if you're strange, into, like, yeah, Strange Angel. Strange Angel. Okay. And this is on CBS? It's some kind of CBS streaming thing or something. I don't know, but... Um, Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Sounds fa- fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. it's it's... It's pretty good. Um, some of the, I'm not sure about some of the characters, uh, just the actors and stuff, but um, it's really good. And just to see these stories um, that you know, like I've grown up hearing about, reading books about, uh, put to uh, you know having actually like um, dramatization uh, th- of it. Yeah, dramatization of like thelemic sex magic rituals and stuff like on like mainstream television. Like, <laughs> well, you know, that's that's something that we that's something that we've noticed that like uh, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on our podcasts and people talk about on other podcasts has become really a lot of source material for like screenwriters these days. I, I can't oh, imagine yeah. it not. Yeah. Well, like Stranger Things is really, uh, you know, has to do with a lot of these mythos of like something called Project Montauk and ideas mm-hmm. that they were, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, using ki- using kids to uh, like break on through the other side pretty much. And, and like all this stuff from the fringes of, of weird conspiracy theory and uh uh, early uh, LARPs uh, and stuff like that. You know, all that stuff is really being mined for movies and television. Yeah, right, right. And uh, when you when you pick up on these things, like okay, like I I watched uh, I think two episodes of that Project Blue Book, and it was like garbage. I was like, I can't even watch this. It was just, like it's too cookie cutter. I don't know if you guys even got a chance to see any of those. Um, I've seen some of it, yeah. I just wasn't into it. I was like, okay, what? It's like they're trying to be a little X Files, but you know, it's it's too slick in some ways. I don't know. It was weird. Are you talking about the J. Allen Hynek one? The, yeah. The head? Okay. Yeah. 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 I haven't it's, seen it, any of them. It's. I don't. I mean, you could live your whole life and probably never see it. You'll be all right. So. 
<laughs> I, but, I, I just, mean, you know, we, we all got into some pretty cheesy stuff yeah. <laughs> as far as, you oh, know, how we absolutely. first got into stuff. So, so I try to be, uh, that's something I've really been working on is to try to be, um, more open to the fact that a lot of people, uh, need more accessible gateways, uh, to all this type of material. You know, I was yeah. like a kid with the time life, uh, mysteries of the unknown books, and, <laughs> you know, so I got to tell you, I mean, honestly, uh, cause so I, you know, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Um, like maybe 2016 or 50. I can't remember when I started. It's, it, you know, come some years back. Wow. Um, some of the stuff I would not understand what you guys were talking about because I didn't have any frame of reference and it took me a while to understand. And, and even some of the concepts you talked about, it took me years to figure that stuff out. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's just stuff that, you know, uh, there, it, it the depth is so deep on a lot of the stuff and it's mind bending as it is. So, you know, yeah, I'm kind of bad. I'm kind of bad at about explaining certain things. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's kind of worth like inside baseball kind of because, but people who are deeper into the stuff, like they need that because they can't watch, you know, like watch a program like what you're talking about anymore. You know, it's like, yeah, Yeah, and that's what I think I was trying to get at is that, you know, you know, you watch X-Files or something like that and you get like this idea of stuff and, you know, you're like, okay, that's cool. I want to like that'd be interesting to find out more about this or, you know, or you read about something. It's only a surface article or something you read about, you know, something It's like, oh, that's interesting. And then I listen to you guys and you guys are like, like you said, really deep in the weeds and uh, I got to do my homework and some of that stuff is not readily available. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like you can Google search certain things and be like, "Oh, that's what that's about," or or that it's clear, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, and it's it, that's not anything against you guys. I think it's you have to graduate to another level to understand certain things, and uh, it takes time. Actually, I, I think what you guys would be great if uh, sometime in the future when you have more free time, put together a uh, reading list of like must-read books. I know uh, the uh, Saucer Life uh, did uh, like a must-reads or something, or most important. Yeah, he just had like top ten or something like that. Yeah, he, a, and you saying really it's not my good, favorite That's books. a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, because you guys talk about a lot of stuff, but like you know, like y- these books. If you're stuck on a desert island, what what books do you need? <laughs> uh, right, that would be cool. But um, yeah, I just it, it's not a you know me saying that I didn't understand everything. It's more about me. Yeah, we totally we totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you graduate certain levels of of understanding, and and then you go to the next thing. You're like, okay, now I understand this, but. You know what's what what's this next thing about? So, um, cool, uh, Dave. Anything else you got to say? Uh, no, I'm good it. here. Um, well, Adam Serfiel, I, I, I really am glad you could join us on this episode. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, and uh, I am looking forward to the Strange Reality Conference, uh, September fifth to twenty seventh. And uh, again, it's at strangerealitiesconference.com. 20 bucks, guys. Have your mind expanded very much. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having us, Aaron. This has been yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot. This is real fun. So happy to talk to you guys. Uh, guys, just uh, why don't you give out any uh, information, uh, just how to contact you or anything um, for uh, Conspiracy Normal? Okay. Uh, www.conspiranormal.com is our website. Uh, you can find uh, this conspiranormal with an I. You can uh, email us conspiranormal at gmail.com if you really like. Um, and also about the Strange Realities Conference, I'll give that again. If you want to find out information, a little bit more about the speakers that we have going on. On September 25th, 26th, and 27th, you can go to strangerealitiesconference.com. Awesome. And for us, you can uh, email us if you have uh, anything further to say about Lower Decks or uh, UFOs or anything else that we talked about. Or uh, You can email us at um, synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can also hit us up on our Facebook group, Facebook forward slash uh, groups forward slash synthaholics. Uh, you can also uh, go to our uh 
hit us up on Twitter at uh, Synthaholics Duo. And if this show is something you'd like to support, go to our Patreon, Patreon for Synthaholics, and you can contribute there. All right, Adam Serfiel, Dave, awesome talking to all of you. And uh, next week we'll get into more Lord X. All right. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Live long and prosper. Absolutely. Shit our pants, you're the best drinking friend I